Blog Talk Radio. There is a watchman on the wall, bringing forth the written word of God to one and all. Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to the watchman on the wall. Listen to the watchman on the Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. I'm Vincent Xavier. It's Friday morning. We're going to have an amazing broadcast today. I hope you've had an amazing week. I know that we have been uh, laboring to bring forth the Word of God that's going to bring transformation to every life. We are being more equipped. We are being more informed. We are awakening to the reality of what time it is on this earth and in the spiritual kingdom of our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray today with all that you're getting, all the information, everything that you're studying in the Word of God, that it is coming through loud and clear. Now, I want to make sure that we are being heard very clearly on Blog Talk Radio. And so in order for me to check this out, I need to go to my brother, Mark, and say, Mark, good morning, sir. How are you? And can you hear us loud and clear? Hello, Mark. Can you hear us? Hello, I can hear you. You can hear us. Well, that's wonderful. I can hear you. Thank you so much for letting me know that you can hear us. Can you still hear me? Good morning, brother. Good morning. (laughs) Loud and clear? Yes, sir. Loud and clear. All right, birthday boy. We're going to let you go. We'll talk to you in a little bit. Shalom. (laughs) Thank you so much, Pastor. All right. Shalom. Just need good friends once in a while to make sure everything's cooking. Hey, I've got a little announcement to make about the uh, blog talk radio. It was really cool that uh, this morning... They came up, if you ever wanted to call into the broadcast, normally what you have to do is dial the number 818-369-0326, which, by the way, I'll put up on the board just so you know if you're ever interested. So you would go there, 818-369-0326, and press 1, and then I would bring you in. But now 
you could actually hit the direct connect button on your phone. So if you're on your phone and you're listening to the broadcast and you just want to say something real quick, um, I guess they have it lined up where you hit the direct connect button. I don't know the big difference between one and the direct connect, but that's their new feature that they're uh, boasting right now. So we'll give it a shot today, maybe, if you do call into the broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. The direct connect button will bring you right into the broadcast. And we always love having people call into the pro- uh, program because um, it just it broadens everything. And today, this is going to be awesome. And today, I'm hoping that there are a lot of people that are listening who have been listening because recently we came into an epiphany, a revelation on one of the passages of scripture that uh, I find to be very, very exciting. So I'm going to get into that. And we have been talking recently about the government of God, the government of God. And we've been talking about how the government of God is already established that according to Daniel chapter 7, Jesus Christ is at the right hand of the Father. He is set and has been given a dominion and a kingdom that shall never pass away, nor shall it ever be destroyed. Now, we believe, according to Scripture, that 2,000 years ago, when Jesus Christ was raised up from death on the third day, that he stayed on this earth for 40 days and 40 nights, and he was speaking to the disciples of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. But we also know that he was coming and going, and who knows what he was doing all over the world in a resurrected body. Uh, That is phenomenal. You're going to find out real soon in the day of resurrection, in the day of life, in the day of energy and power. He was so radiated, someone once said, that he told Mary, don't touch me. I've not yet ascended to the Father. In other words, I'm still nuclear after overcoming death. I mean, that is a very powerful reality. And you and I, the children of the resurrection, we're going to be a partaker of that. But there's something uh, before that that you and I can experience that we're going to talk about today, biblically, scripturally. And I just hope that you're one of those people that have been exhausted. I hope you're one of those people that have been fatigued. I hope you're one of those people that feel like you've just been drained of all your energy. Are you there? Is that one of you? Are you going through something in your life? that has just drained you, you feel lethargic. Uh, my, my friend and brother in the Lord, Pastor Ken Wagner, uh, spoke out a couple of nights ago at a conference and said, you'd never get the blahs. And this is what he was talking about, an energylessness. And maybe we're going to actually have him speak into that today. Uh, but I hope that you are at least someone that has known about being uh, drained of all energy and all of those things, because there's a message for you. And it's not beyond Uh, this life. It's not life after death, uh, but the energy that is going to go into resurrecting you in the day of resurrection power um, is phenomenal. And I'm speaking physically and actually, but I want you to know there is a resurrection life and a resurrection power uh, that is active and available to everybody even today. So we're going to get into that. And uh, I'm excited about it. So we're talking about the government of God. We're talking about that government on earth. We already know that Jesus is in heaven at the right hand of the Father. And we know that he has been made to sit down and that he is waiting and will remain seated until all of his enemies are put under his feet. Okay, this is, this is 
scripture. This is nuts and bolts. This is New Testament, Old Testament reality. In the book of Daniel, chapter 7, the clouds brought Yeshua to the ancient of days. He was given a kingdom and a dominion that shall never pass away, shall never be destroyed. That happened in the book of Acts. We know that in the book of Acts, chapter 1, that a cloud received Yeshua out of their sight, over 500 witnesses. A cloud received Yeshua out of their sight, and the cloud brought him to the Ancient of Days. And we know that wasn't a cumulus cloud. It was a cloud of witnesses, a cloud of the heavenly host. We know this is true because that cloud brought them. It had intelligence. And so you could just see, think about it, stay with me, think about it. The day when Yeshua in Jerusalem, Israel, on the Mine of Olives, when he said goodbye to those 500 people after 40 days and 40 nights of being on the earth after his resurrection, the cloud of witnesses took him. Remember the heavens were open when Jesus was born into the earth, and they saw the heavenly hosts praising God, the shepherds in the field. The heavens were open, and the angels were shouting and crying praises and hallelujahs at the birthing. Well, after Yeshua had accomplished his mission on earth, which was taking the sins of the whole human race, when he did it and he went to the cross and said, it is finished, man, that was time where the heavens were awaiting their Messiah and all the angels of God and all that was in heaven, the elders, the 24 elders and the four living creatures and the Father, it was now time to receive the Son. Imagine that. I want you to see it because that cloud came and it was a rejoicing, celebratory crowd and cloud. And they took Jesus, and they were watching 500 witnesses as he's going up, right? And that cloud, it said, and Daniel brought him to the Ancient of Days, his father, and his father received him, and the heavens were rejoicing. And then God gave him his reward, a kingdom that would never be destroyed, never come to an end. There would always be increase to the increase of the government of God. In Isaiah chapter 9, there shall be no end. And so he is ever increasing in glory and power, and here we are. And, and here's the point. He is seated at the right hand of God. Every scripture tells us angels, principalities, authorities, powers being made subject, his enemies being made subject under his feet. And then he tells his disciples right now. Now, that's Jesus. He's the king. He's the preeminent one. He's the only member of his body that has preeminence. All of us have been brought into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit as he fit to set us. We don't set ourselves in the church. We don't ordain ourselves. We don't go to college and get a degree and now say, well, I'm a minister or I'm part of the body. No. And I'm not saying there's anything necessarily wrong with studying and getting a degree and all of that. But the school of Christ is the best school anybody is ever going to go to. And that is walking with Jesus as a pupil, as a disciple. And I mean that with all my heart. Holy Spirit sets each one of us in the body as it pleases him. So, now we are his body, right? And he's the preeminent head. He's in heaven, seated, waiting for all of his enemies to be made a footstool. He tells his disciples in the Gospel of Luke, Behold, I give you power to tread over all the works of the enemy. Behold, I give you power over scorpions. Behold, I give you power over sickness and disease. Behold, I give you power and authority to cast out unclean spirits and devils and do everything I did. What did Jesus do? He said, I'm, gonna, I'm sitting at the right hand of God. I'm sending power to you, my government, 
and you're going to walk through the earth, and you're going to turn cities upside down, Acts chapter 17. You're going to make an impact and a difference in this world. And it's all going to be by my power in the heavens as I pour out my spirit. And what is that power? That power is the Holy Spirit. And we know in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that he gave them power to be his witnesses. He gave them power. He gave them dunamis. He gave them privilege, right, authority, strength. And so the power of God, the strength of God, is given to the body of Christ on earth for a reason. So that the ecclesia of God would move through the earth and every principality, every power, everything contrary to the mind of God, the kingdom of God, would be conflicted with the ecclesia. The church was the conflict for the powers of darkness. The church is the conflict for Satan. The church is the conflict for the satanic trinity of the, the son of perdition, the false prophet, the beast, and, and the dragon, and mystery Babylon, okay? The church has always been the conflict. It has always been the opposition. So the enemy of, the, uh, of Christ, Satan, is in opposition to everything that is called God, particularly in these last days, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, he comes to oppose everything that is called God. Every person that calls on the name of God, on the name of Jesus, he's coming to oppose everything. Now, it is important for these reasons that the government of God be established, and we have been reading in the book of Revelation how that the government of God is equated to the 144,000 who were sealed in their forehead. They had the Father's mark in their forehead, the Father's name. Now, the word name, we've been talking about it. The word name, and I'm going to preach this tomorrow and Sunday, and it's going to be slower, and we're going to go into intense and show scripture, but I want you to remember what we already talked about. So, the name, the Father's name written in their forehead, the word name means authority, character. It's speaking of his nature. So when we talk about the name of God, we're talking about the authority of God, the character of God, the nature of God. That is in their forehead. In other words, that's the mind that they have. They have a mind to carry out assignment that God gives them with authority and power granted from the throne of heaven. Okay, this is important because they are delegated. The government of God is delegated. Not everybody in the ecclesia is a, govern, is a part of the government of God. There are those who are going to remain governed. There are those who are going to be before the throne. But then there is a government of God. And we need to talk about it because it's awesome, quite frankly. And whether I'm being governed by God or <clears throat> by the government of God or I'm part of that government, <clears throat> you know, that's, that's just awesome either way. But here's the point today, all right? The government of God, the government of God started with 12 disciples. I want to go back to Matthew chapter 10 because I've been ministering something here, but there was a little tiny bit of something left out. And it was discovered this morning in our prayers and reading of the word Holy Spirit is so faithful, okay? So let's go back to Matthew <clears throat> chapter 10, Matthew chapter 10, beginning in verse 1, and here's what we're reading, okay? When he had called unto him his 12 disciples, 12 is a really big number, all right? Stay with me on this, because there's a secret, there's a mystery about to be unveiled here, okay? Now, 
the, the number 12 is the dodeca, the dodeca, okay, the 12 apostles of Jesus Christ. Um, it's just speaking of a dozen, but what we know and understand by the word of God is that the number 12 is the number of government, okay? Government, 12. That's why God chose 12 tribes of Israel. That's why God chose 12 apostles. 12 is a very important number. In fact, in the book of Acts, before the Holy Spirit came in Acts chapter 2, somebody had had to take the bishopric of Judas, who had fallen by transgression, and so they chose Matthias to be to fill his place. And he had to be set as one of the apostles in order for things to transpire. In other words, the Holy Spirit didn't come until that 12th was reset. Judas was gone. There were only 11. But one who had been with them from the very beginning had to be joined with them. And then when they the, the lot fell upon Matthias. Matthias was set. He became one of the 12. Now everything's ready for Holy Spirit. So there has to be a proper functioning government of God, kingdom purpose, kingdom impact in the world from generation to generation. Okay? So it's all emanating, however, from the head, the governor, okay, the king of kings, the lord of lords, But we are kings and lords. We are kings and priests in this earth. And so we are under the mind of the great king and the great priest. There's no doubt about this. If we were left here to fend for ourselves and battle it out, man, it would be such a difficult job to do, right? But we are operating under the authority and power of God's chosen government. We don't choose ourselves. God chooses. Now, government number 12. So when it says that Jesus... Twelve, uh, And when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, I want you to remember this one more time. This is going to be huge in what's coming down the pike probably next week and the following days. Listen very carefully. When he had called unto him his 12 disciples, remember what a disciple is. A disciple is the mathetes. And what is a mathetes? It is a pupil. It is a learner. But I love it. It goes a little bit deeper And it literally talks about one who uses what they have been given by practice. So God has given you gifts, but unless you use them, unless you practice them, unless you work them, they lie dormant. There is never going to be just a supernatural activation, a waving of the wand. Suddenly you're going to start doing it. No, you and I as disciples, you know, here we are in the final generation and we're getting Uh, you know, mantled with these gifts and this authority and this power, right? And if we don't use it, if we don't practice it, then it lies dormant. It's never going to be just supernaturally activated and suddenly just taken over by it. It doesn't work that way. A disciple is one who increases in knowledge. It's one who is informed and it's one who to learn by use and practice. We learn by practice. We learn by using what we have. You know, if somebody gave you and said, oh, you have a great gift to be an artist. Well, the best way, and they gave you all these books about what it means to be an artist, but the best way to learn to be the artist and to bring out the gift in you is to get a piece of paper and a pencil and start drawing, right? By practicing, by rehearsing. So you have been given a gift to cast out devils, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to do whatever God has told you to do. 
And you have to work it. You can't say, oh, I laid hands on somebody and it didn't work, so therefore it's cessationism. That's nonsense. You keep working it out. You keep rehearsing it. You keep practicing it. How many times did you fall off the bike before you actually stayed on the bike and learned how to ride it? How about the first time you jumped in a pool of water? You were terrified, right? But you kept doing it. And before you know it, you're a great diver or whatever. So important stuff. Here we go. Now Jesus says, after he called the 12 disciples, he gave them power. All right, so the government of God, the 12 representing the government, okay, and we're getting into shoulder ministry here, shoulder ministry. You're going to learn something today about the shoulders that is biblical, that is going to impact and produce change everywhere. You're going to love this, okay, Uh, because it's the word of God. So he calls his 12. The government is on his shoulder. He's the head. There's the shoulder, and, and yet it represents that. So he's training them, and remember that the end is revealed from the beginning. So what was done in the beginning shall be at the end. Watch how it works. He gave them power. Now, I want you to hear the definition of power. I know you know it, but it is the exousia, okay, the exousia. And it means this. Here's what he gave his original first fruits government 2,000 years ago. He gave them privilege. He gave them force. He gave them a capacity, competency. He gave them freedom, mastery, superhuman, potentate, control. Oh, we hate the word control. But in this word, exousia, there is control connected to it. So he gives them control. Delegated influence. Delegated influence. He gave them authority, jurisdiction. Power, right, strength. So I want to ask you a question. Jesus is mantling his disciples with exousia, with power. And it talks about governmental authority, jurisdiction, liberty, right, delegated influence. So he's putting on them, and he's, he's saying to them at that time, and I'm going to show you this is incredible, at that time, he says to them, I give you power against unclean spirits. So the 12 representing the government of God who are going to get the first fruits of this divine power that Yeshua was operating in, they're going to have power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Now, here's the secret. Here's part of the mystery. Casting out unclean spirits out of who? The children of God. It began with the children of Israel. They had been demon-possessed. They had been with the Roman Empire and the brokenness and the 400 years of silence that happened before Yeshua showed up. There was demonic invasion into the soul of the people. And you'll find this in the life of Jesus. He was walking throughout. Just read Matthew chapter 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, and 14, and you'll see the miracle ministry of Jesus as he's going And then he's giving this power to the disciples representing his government that they have authority to do the same thing he was doing. But where's he doing it? In the people of God. He's casting out unclean spirits through this power, and he's giving them power to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Where? In the people of Israel, God's people. 
that were there at that time. They were sick, busted, and disgusted. They were demonically possessed. They had unclean spirits. They had all kinds of evil stuff, maladies, and diseases, and issues going on. So he gives them this power. But here is something that we didn't talk about when we were concerning ourselves with this passage here. We knew that the word sickness, okay, he gave them power over all manner of sickness, that that was the nosos, and it meant um, simply a infirmity, a malady. And so we equated that infirmity and malady with what everything Jesus had been doing. You could read chapters 8, 9, uh, eight and 9 before he gets to chapter 10 in Matthew. And what was he doing? He was healing Peter's mother-in-law from a fever. He had two situations where he healed palsy, those who had palsy. He had opened the mouth of a dumb man. He had opened the eyes of blind men. Uh, he cleansed a leper. He went on and did so many other things. I mean, the ministry of Jesus to the people of Israel as they came to him. It wasn't to Rome. It wasn't to the scribes and Pharisees. It was to the people of God. So the government of God was for the people of God. This is super important. It was to the people of God, and it was to heal all manner of infirmity, sickness, malady, and it's just, you know, whatever it is. You got cancer today. You have uh, all these issues today. Whatever. He gave power to do it. Now, the next word we got into was very interesting because it was sickness and all manner of disease. And what's interesting is this word disease has a different meaning than other words of disease, where later on in Matthew 14, for example, he healed those that had disease, but it's a different word. And this is why studying sometimes really does help. Well, the word for disease in Matthew chapter 10 came up with the Malachia, and the Malachia talked about softness and a debility, bodily weakness, okay? It, it, and, and when I studied it, I went to the deeper word, and in that word there, I came up with an understanding, because it's in the Greek. The Malachia, for example, comes from 3120, the Malachos, and the Malachos literally talks about effeminate or a catamite. So we began to minister that God was giving power to the government, the disciples, to heal all manner of sickness and disease. And the disease represented those who have been stuck in homosexual lifestyles. And we looked at it today and we got all these issues with homosexuality, lesbianism, transgenderism, pedophilia. And you go on down the list for all these sexual uh, torments in the soul of men because these things open up to demonic spirits. So we began to go in there and say, there is healing for those who were once like this, like 1 Corinthians chapter 6, such were some of you, but now you are washed, now you are justified, now you are cleansed, right? So we got that. And I thought, this is a revelation, man. This is God's going to get in and clean his house, his own people in the year 2021. He's going to get in there and start cleaning people up from their sexual sins that open doors to strong demonic spirit, which are spirits of iniquity, because a lot of sexual sin brings the bondage. It puts people into bondage. It's different than just little casual sins. No, they're all bad. But one sin, sexual sin, normally leads to satanic invasion and iniquity and bondage and all of that. It takes a lot of deliverance to deal with people who've been involved in all kinds of pornography and sexual sin because it's deep. It's intermingling spirits with people. It's crazy, right? But anyways, I kept looking at this. So I went back and I looked at it and I was reading Matthew 14 today where Jesus 
again, they were just, let me just touch the hem of your garment. And he was healing all manner of disease. And I noted it was a different disease because I started talking to Patricia going, well, look, this is, you know, connected to the disease in Matthew chapter 10 and maybe the island of Gennesaret. So he's, uh, the, the, it was the, the two people in Gennesaret that were all demon-possessed with a legion of demons. I thought, well, maybe that island has a lot of, maybe it was like San Francisco or maybe like, you know, maybe it was like pedophile island where Jeffrey Epstein was and all this sexual, and Jesus went there and those people are in bondage because of their sexual sin. And Patricia challenged me in something. She said, is that the same word? the same word disease as it was in Matthew 10. And I said, well, I'm sure it is. So I went there and sure enough, it wasn't. And here we have the real meaning of the word disease in Matthew chapter 10, because I left this out. And here's what it is. Are you ready? Are you ready? Here we go. The Malachia does mean softness, i.e. enervation, debility, disease enervation hmm i never stopped to think what does enervation mean in the greek definition it refers to enervation e-n-e-r-v-a-t-i-o-n and so i went and said what is enervation and i've got a definition for us okay i've got enervation enervation okay means a feeling of being drained of energy or vitality. It literally means fatigue. Ah, a feeling of being drained of energy or vitality. A feeling of being drained of energy or vitality, fatigue. So what I saw here was Jesus was coming to a people that have been drained of all energy and vitality because of the Roman occupation, the demonic invasion, the being under the control of the Roman Empire, under the scribes and the Pharisees that were pretended Jews. They weren't even true Jews. And so these people were suffocating. Their energy was being drained. And Jesus came and healed, and he gave his disciples the power to heal and to restore the vitality and the energy, and to rebuke the, the fatigue. And I want to ask you a question now. Have you ever felt drained of energy and vitality? Is there something sapping your strength? Is there something that is robbing you of your vitality, your vim, your vigor, your strength? I know today that in different places around the world, uh, people are trying to use pills to get strength in, and they're trying to use drugs to get energy, and they're trying to put all these man-made things into their body to try to give them some force, right? Give them some energy, get rid of the fatigue, and uh, it, it serves for a moment, but it's like any drug. You use it the first time, it feels great. Keep using it, and you got to have more and more and more, and eventually it just doesn't work. It just fails, but here we have the delegated influence of God the Father through his Son to the disciples to heal the fatigued people who had the sense of loss of energy and vitality. Now, how does that happen? What is that? We have to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. All right, so I'm going to have to go there, and I want to go there. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and I want to just type in one quick word here. 
Uh, second man. Let's see. Let's see if that'll work. So I want to go to the second man. And let's see. Yes, it brings me right to where I want to be. Great. All right. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now I got to get my strongs out here and I want to begin all the way down and I want to get to verse 46. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 46. Oh, I told you, I hope today that people were coming to join me that had had a sense of feeling of loss of energy or vitality, who have been rather fatigued. The environment we live in in the year 2021, vaccination mandates, heavy oppression, global interference moving on, the satanic coming alive, all end time events swirling all over the world. This is not a good time to have lost energy. This is not a good time to be fatigued. This is not a good time to have your vitality zapped out of you, your strength, okay? This is a time, and I believe God is bringing this revelation out right now by his spirit because he wants to do something about that condition that may be involved in our lives, okay? So verse 46, it goes on in verse 46 to say, how be it? That was not first... Well, I got to go back to verse 45. I'm so sorry. Uh, well, let's go back to verse 44. 1 Corinthians 15, 44. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body, and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Ah, so the first man, Adam, was a living soul. He was animated. When God breathed into the man that came out of the earth, God went, he breathed into his nostrils, nostrils the breath of life, and he awakened and became animated. Woo, that's awesome. Man is now awake with a living soul. He's God breathed in him, right? He's animated. That's awesome. But the second man, okay, the second man, the last Adam, was made a quickening spirit. Ooh, Jesus. What is a quickening spirit? The word quickening there is the zopoyo, the zopoyo. And let's see if I can get a better pronunciation on that. Yeah, it's the zopoyo. All right, so the zopoyo. Now, it means this. To vitalize, ah, to make alive, to give life. There it is, to vitalize. What does the word innervation mean? It means to have the feeling of being drained of energy and vitality. So the living soul of man can become drained of energy and vitality and become very fatigued. And that's happening. It's happening all over the world, particularly because of sin. Sin is where the drain came in, right? To a degree. Now, Jesus came as the second man. He's the second Adam. He's the second man. He came as a life-giving spirit. In other words, when Yeshua came into the earth, here's the world. He came down into it, right? Born out of the womb of a virgin Mary. He came, he came into the world. 
He is a new species. He's not the same as Adam. He doesn't even have Adam's bloodline in him. All right? He is a new species of man, a new creation. He comes down or comes out of the womb into the earth, and he grows up. And what is he? He's a life-giving spirit. Listen to the definition of quickening, okay? And so it means to produce alive. It means to cause to live by spiritual power to arouse and invigorate. Woo! Does your body need to be aroused? Does your body need to be invigorated? It means to restore life. So he's a life-giving spirit, right? That's what it said. The second Adam was a life-giving spirit. So it means to restore to life, to give increase of life, thus a physical life. We're not talking about the afterlife, the resurrection from the dead. We get glorified bodies. That is the greatest of rewards. But in this life, those who come into contact with Yeshua come in contact with one who by spiritual power, arouses and invigorates the life or causes to live or to restore life or to give increase of life, of the spirit quickening as respects the spirit endued with new and greater powers of life. Oh, can you imagine metaphorically of seeds quickened into life, germinating, springing up, growing? In other words, let me just put it real easy. When you come into contact with Jesus Christ, The spirit of Jesus Christ is a life-giving spirit. And when you're born-again spirit, and these people weren't even born again. They were just living souls that have been drained in in, in Matthew chapter 10. But you, your spirit, you have constant communion with Yeshua's spirit. He was joined to the Lord as one spirit. That's what it says in Corinthians. Paul wrote that. So your union spirit with Yeshua, he is the vine. We are the branches. He constantly is the flow into our lives, giving energy, vitality, force, power, life, increase. Now, the only time we get cut off is when we're hanging on the vine, but we're not producing fruit, is because there's something wrong. There's some disconnect, misunderstanding. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. There's some sin in your life. There's something blocking the flow. But the awesome thing about you and I in the new covenant today, we have constant access from the Spirit of God. When our spirit is union with his spirit, there's a constant flow of the anointing. It is a constant flow of life, re-energization, revigoration, re-energization. I think I just made up a word. But anyways, I'm telling you, this is the word of God. This is what he gave to his disciples. Now, let me give you an example. And I don't know if Pastor Ken is listening. I don't know if Pastor Ken's going to call into the program or not. But we had an awesome experience the other night. It was an awesome experience one week ago. It was on a Thursday night at Patricia Joy's deliverance class. And when she had got, uh, gotten through with ministering the word of God, while she was teaching, I sit to her right. And for a moment last Thursday, a week from last night, I noted the three pastors that were sitting at the table. And God showed me that these three pastors He showed me that there was warfare coming against them, and they weren't talking about it. Nobody else was talking about it. And God was showing me their countenance. He was showing me into their soul. He was showing me there as I'm sitting there. And the love of God came strong into my spirit and the urgency, we need to pray for these people. So I 
gently asked Patricia when she was coming to the end, I said, we need to pray. Is that okay? She said, absolutely. So when we were done, I asked the whole church that was there. We were probably, oh, maybe 15, 20 people at this Bible study. And I said, pastors, would you please come and sit down? So they came and sat down. And I said, and I told them, and I don't remember the whole thing, but I said, we're going to pray. And I asked everybody to gather around them and to lay hands on them. I got out the oil. I anointed them with oil. People laid their hands on them. And we went to prayer for our three pastors that are at New Wine Ministry, whom God is raising up. And as we were praying, man, was there a release of the anointing. It just released. And it produced some things, some, some liberties and some the stuff. Well, Pastor Ken just turned 75 years old not too long ago. 75. He was in Vietnam. He had got hit with Agent Orange, right? And he's been laboring through all that stuff. When we prayed over him, I didn't know this, but the following days, up until even Wednesday, Wednesday, Pastor Ken, uh, Pastor Denny, uh, and, and, and Brother Paul and I, we went out and spent time together on a golf course. None of us are any, or none of us are great, but we played some pretty good golf for ourselves. And I noticed Pastor Ken at 75, man, he was whacking that ball. He was walking around and he was saying, I remember one time he says, man, I feel like Superman today. And I thought, oh, wow, Pastor Ken, uh, maybe he went to one of his VA visitations and maybe he got some testosterone put in him. I don't know, but he had energy. He's at the church the other night in, in Neosha. He stands up, I want to give a testimony. He gives the testimony, and I'm thinking, wow, man, that must have been quite a, a shot he got. And I went to him yesterday, and I said, listen, I need to ask you a personal question. You know, did you go to the doctor and get a shot? And he looked at me and says, no. He said, it was the prayer the other night. Something broke off of me, and I have had more energy, and I'm so relieved, and I and he's just flowing. I, I could have inside. He didn't see it. But, man, I was bawling my eyes out going, wow, God. Why? Because he came into contact with the life-giving spirit of Jesus Christ that is dwelling in the body of Yeshua. Hallelujah. You see, God knew. So what am I saying here today? I'm telling you, you're going to come to life if you are fatigued, if you have lost your energy, if you have a sense of loss of vitality, there's something in your body that is being weakened, has been weakened, we're going to call it forth to life today. I don't care what it is because I'm a disciple, I'm a pupil, I'm a learner, and that means I learn by practicing. So I'm going to speak the word of God. Jesus spoke the word of God, and his servant was healed. Jesus laid hands on the sick. They were healed. He told us to do the same thing. So I want to speak right now, and I want to make sure you really got what's going on here. And so I'm looking at this First uh, Corinthians chapter 15, and it, it went on to say that the second man is the Lord from heaven. The second man. Oh, where was I? Oh, verse 45. So it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was a quickening spirit or a life-giving spirit. Everywhere he went, he brought life. It was the spirit of God in him that was doing the works. We know that, uh, which is manifestation. I just have another passage that's going on to our weekend sermon. Woo, Jesus. I feel just like Pastor Kevin Honeycutt. So anyways, um, listen, 
it's going to get gooder and gooder for the body of Christ because God's raising up his government. Listen, God is raising up a government. It's not the kind of political government of the world. It's a government that has influence in the realm of darkness, but it has influence in the, the body of Christ. The government, government of God influences and has legal jurisdiction in the church. In the church. There is an aspect of God's government to shut up the heavens that it doesn't rain for three and a half years. There is a government of God through Moses that will shut down the empire nation of Egypt. There is a government of God that the two witnesses in Revelation chapter 11 will strike the earth as often as they will with plagues. They have particular governmental jurisdiction over the earth. But the government of God that he raised up was a government to the church, to all believers, all believers. Now, all believers are to grow in their walk with the Lord, get close to the Lord, have the spirit of the Lord in them. There's no doubt. But there is a learning there, there must be pupils. There must be disciples. There has to be a training up and a putting to practice. Okay. So the true government of God that he's raising up in the last days, because it was the government of God at the beginning, it'll be the government of God in the end to the church to bring it up into the fullness of Christ. There's a manifestation coming that I, I'm not going to talk because I'm going to get off guard here now or out of, out of position. I'll go on bunny trails. Verse 46, howbeit that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. So the natural man, Adam, the living soul from the earth, was the first. Afterward came the second, the spiritual. You and I are now born again, spiritual. We started out of our mother's womb, now we've been born again out of the womb of the ecclesia. The new Jerusalem, the mother of us all, Galatians chapter 4. We've been born again out of the womb of the spirit. We are now spiritual beings. Our spirit has been quickened and made alive by his life-giving spirit. And Jesus lives in us. The spirit of God is in us. It's an actual, active, ongoing force of power or nature, the divine nature. Wow, it's so, it's so rich. Anyways. That's what we have been born again into, folks. New creation. If any man be in Christ Jesus, he, she is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. That's got to become a reality. Put off the old man. Put on the new man. The new mom man. The spiritual man. Put off the old natural man, right? He's already condemned and judged. You can't renovate him. Just put him off. Let him go to the cross. He died with Jesus. Now we have a new creation we're operating out of. We don't operate out of the carnal mind because it's enmity with God. We have the mind of Christ. Praise the Lord. Practice it, right? Put it to work. Produce fruit. Walk in love. Do it on purpose. Walk in joy. Do it on purpose. Walk in peace. Do it on purpose. Walk in patience. Do it on purpose. You got to do it. But the power of God is in you to do it. And when it becomes natural, supernaturally speaking, supernatural, it becomes your way of life. Now, the first man in verse 47 is of the earth. He's earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. Are you heavenly today? Well, if you're born again, you are heavenly. If you're spiritual and no longer natural, the natural man does not understand the things of the spirit. The spiritual man judges all things. 
the spiritual man, the Apostle Paul, said, it's a very little thing if you judge me. Yeah, I don't even judge myself. I'm going to leave that to God. But he was a spiritual man, but he judged all things. We've got to step into destiny and the government of God. Now, here's where I believe in apostolic anointing. I believe in apostolic anointing, apostolic government. I do believe that, and I'll explain why in a little bit. And I believe that as Zerubbabel was beginning to build the house in the book of Zechariah, it was said to him, he'll finish it. And I believe that the apostles and prophets began the building and laying the foundation, and I believe they're going to finish it. I believe God's restoring the apostolic and prophetic ministries to the ecclesia with a governmental authority and power to bring them up into what God has called the church to be his body, his house, and all the great stuff. Now, I believe in that. Ooh, Jesus. Are you heavenly? Yeah. Verse 49, and as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. We also, does not put it in a life after death, we already have borne the image of the earthy. Why? The image of the, of the heavenly. The image of the heavenly. Who is the heavenly? The heavenly Christ. Jesus is the express image of the Father. We are being conformed into his image. Come on, day by day, being renewed day by day, being changed day by day in our inner man, the image on the inside. Uh, I just got another prophetic word that I wrote years ago about the image on the inside. I'm going to read it this weekend. It's the image on the inside of you and I that is heavenly. It is after the heavenly one, Christ, Yeshua. So his image is on the inside of us, and it's growing up in germination. But every time that spirit of God comes in, it quickens that seed and causes it to germinate, to grow up, and to manifest forth. You'll forgive me. i got to take my notes. Image on the inside. Okay. Wow. So. I pray, even now, as I've been speaking, life is coming into your spirit. So I want to pray with you. But before I do, hold on one second here. Praise God. I got comments going on here. There's a few. That's okay. Let's see. I think we're doing okay in Blog Talk Radio. Uh, let's do this. I don't see Ken anywhere. Ken, if you're out there, make sure you give me a call. You can testify. But what I'd like to do right now, if you would join me, I want to pray with you. I want to pray, and I'm going to ask what God is doing here today to impact your life. I'm going to ask that the vitality and the one who causes vitality to go forth, I want to pray that you're going to be restored in your energy. I want to ask the Lord to restore you in your vitality and to take away the fatigue that has been upon your life. I witnessed it with my own eyes in Pastor Ken Wagner. I was blown away. I'm still blown away. That prayer that night released that man in such a way. And I want to pray. And I don't know if it's just, I don't know why he got such an extreme unction from it, but he did. And I believe our other pastors did as well. But it's time for you now. It's time for you. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, we live at a time when people's energy is being zapped, when people, because of spirits of fear and offense, because of sin in people's lives, their vitality is being zapped. 
Father, you gave through your Son to the disciples 2,000 years ago power, energy. They actually possessed therapy. The word heal means therapuo or therapeutics or therapy. And you gave them the healing hands. You gave them the healing power. Father God, in the name of Jesus, artificial intelligence cannot compare to what you're about to do all over this earth. In your church, the lost sheep of Israel, those who have been battered and abused, those who have been scattered and battered. Lord, I thank you that there are those out there today that are about to receive part of their inheritance Life, spiritual life, it is the inheritance of the believer to be quickened, to be strengthened with all might according to your glorious power in the inner man. I'm asking you now, Father, for those who are listening, I'm asking you, Father God, in Jesus' name, by the word of my mouth that is out of your word, the Bible, I'm asking you, Lord, to send forth in Jesus' name to the lost sheep of Israel, to the body of Christ an infusion of divine power and divine anointing to give life-quickening substance in Jesus' name. Right now, I want you to raise your hands before the Lord God Almighty. And I want you to reach out and receive in a posture of receiving a gift. And Father, may the breath of your spirit, may the life-giving spirit move through these components And may your words reach into the heart of every person that is wanting to be quickened right now, desiring to be quickened. And we bind and we break the power of fatigue and we release it right now. We release it. We break it. We break it. We cause it by the redemptive power of of Jesus Christ. Redemption means to break, to loosen, to melt, to dissolve, to release. And we command fatigue right now in every man's body, in every woman's body right now in Jesus' name. Fatigue, you are broken. You dissolve. You melt in the name of Jesus Christ. Right now, melt and get out of the way. Every obstacle, every obstruction right now, you are dissolved under the word of God, the redemption in the name of Jesus Christ. You you dissolve. And Father, we loose right now. The flow of your life-giving spirit flow into the body, flow into their cells, into their bloodstream, flow into the soul, into the brain, flow into the chemistry. Father God, flow into the organs right now. Quicken them with life. In the name of Jesus, may it be so right now. Buke the spirit of death. And, Father, we thank you for your mercy where there has been sin that has blocked people off from the flow of your anointing. We thank you that it's cleansed right now. The people right now are confessing their sin of anger, their sin of lust, their sin of pride, their sin, Father God, of whatever it is, Lord, that's been in the way. Fear, the sin of fear, the sin of offense. Right now, Lord God, may your people be saying, Father, forgive me for being offended at so-and-so. Forgive me, Father God. Here's a big one. 
for not honoring your government, for not accepting the control that you've given for my well-being. Forgive me for struggling against the government of God. Forgive me for not honoring and respecting those who you've put in my life to be in control in a positive way. Forgive me for that right now. Lord, let there be confession for words that have been spoken against the government of God that is in the earth right now. Lord, let there come a confession, a conviction, Lord God, upon the heart and mind of your people that have had attitudes of that, are, that haven't been right, conduct that hasn't been right, words that have been spoken, attitudes, thoughts, ideas against what belongs to you. Lord God, fear, offense, Father God, all these things that stand as a obstacle, as an obstruction to the flow, that damn it up. Here's what's interesting. I pray for this in the name of Jesus. Last night, I woke up at 4 o'clock in the morning, like, boing, right out of bed. Somebody told me that there was a blood red moon going on last night, a lunar eclipse. I also heard that it was known by the Indians as a beaver moon, a beaver moon. And I was thinking, I I got up at 4 o'clock, I went outside, I took three pictures, I saw the eclipse. I didn't see the blood red. I've seen plenty of those in 2014 and 15. But I saw the lunar eclipse last night, three pictures. I could see that other planet coming coming across it, and I got it on picture. So, but I was remembering that not only was it a blood moon, not only in this lunar eclipse, but it was a beaver. It was known by the Indians as a beaver moon, moon. And what the Indians would do, that's when they would set the traps. Come on. They set the traps. Now, what does a beaver do? A beaver dams things up. There's a trap that's ready to, they're laid out. What the Indians would do in the beaver moon, they would start setting traps for the beavers. Way ahead of time. There are traps being set everywhere for God's people. I'm telling you, all over the earth, there are traps, 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 traps. And the beaver is the one that dams things up. We come against that. I know it's going to sound crazy. We come against that beaver spirit, that beaver spirit that has damned things up in your life in the name of Jesus Christ. And we break it down. And, Lord, we, we, want, we want the dam to break, that the flow of energy and life will release, and we want the traps to be exposed so we'll avoid them, that the fatigue and the tiredness and the lack of energy will not lead us into the trap and the snare of the devil. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Well, man, can you believe it? A beaver moon. All night I was thinking, what is a beaver moon, Lord? What do you mean by that? Why did I hear that? on the Weather Channel, that the beaver moon was about Indians that would, when the beaver moon came out, they would lay the traps uh, before, you know, in, in advance. And, man, there are a lot of traps being set by the enemy right now. And if you're fatigued and tired and drained of all energy, it's going to be difficult to escape. So right now there's a beautiful anointing, a blessing from God flowing into your body right now, quickening your mind. It's not only the body that gets tired, it's the mind that gets tired. That's why we prayed for the brain, for the quickening of the chemistry. That's it. That's what I have for you on this Friday. Do you have anything you would like to share? 
If you're listening on Blog Talk Radio, all you have to do is hit that uh, Direct Connect button. There should be a Direct Connect button, I think, on your screen. And if you hit Direct Connect, it'll bring you right into the broadcast. Or you could just press 1 on your dial pad. And if you press 1 on your dial pad, I'll see that you're wanting to share about what you heard today. And we'll give place to that. I see in our chat room that Melissa Fletcher, Pastor Melissa, has been with us today. Blessing on your day. Thank you for that blessing, Pastor Melissa. Jeff Bass, Pastor Jeff Bass, clear on YouTube. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. Uh, Cindy Messman, good morning, Pastor Vincent. Good morning to you, Cindy. Melissa, good morning, Cindy. Shirley Woolsey, good morning from Texas. And that was it. And then a hello from, uh, hello, Pastors and Ecclesia from Laquita Sizemore, Paul and Laquita. Wow, and, and good morning to all of you, and God bless you, but the chat room is very quiet, and let's get some calls coming in right now. We're going to take our first call coming all the way in from our dear friends at South Dakota. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. Good morning. Well, good morning. This is a confirmation what you're speaking about this morning, because as of late, Within the last, I would say, maybe month, when I pray, and I'm just praying in my home and seeking the Lord, I, and when I speak, I say, and thank you, Lord, for life. The word life comes out of my mouth. And I thought, yes, life, the explanation today has confirmed this is what God wants us to have, which will come in the form of energy in our regular bodies. But this spiritual thing that is happening today in the earth, it is God bringing forth his sons of God. And thank you, Jesus. It's been long awaited. And we did see the eclipse last night at 3 o'clock. Oh, good, good. Was it awesome? Was it awesome? Did you hear me? Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. It was awesome. And uh, we just put on warm clothes, and we stood outside, and we got our binoculars, and we were looking, and I thought, oh, this is a sign from God about what is literally, because there's going to be signs in the heavens, and here was another sign. We just understand that this is what God, that's his way of telling his people, I'm around. Amen. Amen. Wonderful, Kathy. And may the spirit of the Lord continue to bring increase of energy and vitality into your body, healing and quickening every cell and every organ in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Praise Thank the you. Lord. Thank you. Thank you for calling in. God bless your heart. All right, let's take our next call coming from one and only Patricia Joy Xavier, the author of the book Deliverance, the Christian Bill of Rights, and my beloved wife for 29 years. Good morning, Patricia. Good morning. What an incredible program. One more time. God is moving mightily, and I'm about it. Can you hear me? Vaguely, yeah, go ahead. Okay, one moment, if you would. All right. The thing that interested me is after the prayer, you made it clear, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, more than once. And that name is above everything. I mean, there is nothing on earth, in earth, above earth that that name does not stand for. And that is 
righteousness in every aspect. You have ministered. The name is his character. And so when we speak in that name, the character of Christ is what we're receiving. And in his character is the fruit of the Holy Spirit of love, joy, peace, goodness, patience, all those wonderful fruits of the Holy Spirit bearing out from us to overcome the sin nature and cause us to go into victory and become the overcomers he called us to be in this hour in which we're in, where no weapon formed against us can prosper. And in that name, he also promised in Psalms 91 to be protected from every force of evil. There is no force that can touch us. Though we will see many die on our left and right hand, we will not be touched. And so in that name, in which you have mentioned, the name of Jesus Christ, the name of Yeshua, every truth of heaven will be established within us and upon this earth as we walk it, because we take the, we take the earth everywhere we walk according to scripture, will be blessed. Amen. Patricia, you've been ministering this word for nearly 40 years. Uh, You have been in the ministry that long. You have a book on deliverance. And you know that those demons, they zap people's energy and strength and cause fatigue in their body. Those demons eat away at people's organs. They, They bring cancer and diabetes and sickness of every kind these unclean spirits, and you have been battling for a generation to see God's people totally set free by the power of God. And here we're reading about the government of God in Matthew chapter 10, where he gives them power to cast out unclean spirits and to heal all matter of sickness and disease, to restore vitalization and energy and all the different things that go on in people's lives that they're usually not even aware of that stop the flow of the divine energy And you know that this is God's desire for God's people, his tree to be a whole tree, that every branch will bear big fruit and beautiful leaves on the tree. And we know that the leaves are for the healing of the nations. Speak into that just a little bit. The healing of the nation has to do with his sending us out, as was mentioned earlier. And the fruit of the Spirit is that which brings life to the individual to be able to accomplish what Christ has accomplished when he says, what I do, you shall do also even greater things because I go to my Father and I send the Holy Spirit to man. And in the Holy Spirit, all these things will be worked out in our life. The point is, do we believe it? Do we question it? Do we wonder because of all the different doctrinal teachings within the churches that bring confusion to his word and seem as different in many ways? So we have to understand that the Holy working in our life is everything necessary. And as we believe on the name, that which his character is, our character to sanctification, first justification, sanctification of the cleansing, and then we are glorified. He's looking for that people that will walk in his glory. Hallelujah. The nations, yes. 
Amen. You're getting a lot of amens out there this morning, Patricia Joy, from your dear friends, Denny and Sally, pastors Dennis and Sally Hossaman. Uh, praise God. And people are hearing, people are listening. Patricia, you and I stand in agreement right now. And for every other person that heard this message today, we stand in agreement that this will come to pass, that there will be a revitalization, there will be a renewed energy, there will be a renewed health in the body of Christ for them to accomplish what God has called to do. I like what Pastor Denny Sossaman said. He said, invigorating prayer for his own to finish the design he has for his own. And I do believe what happened today is, I think Pastor Denny picked it up perfectly, this is Father God's design for everyone in the body of Christ to have a supernatural unction by the Holy Spirit. I think a lot of people are going to start throwing away their prescriptions, their meds, their pills, all these things the doctors are putting them on to live. There's an anointing that will, that will totally heal and cleanse. I've seen it before. We'll see it again. Uh, Cindy Vespa has given us an amen today as well, Patricia Joyce. So you and I are in agreement for that flow, that outflow. Shirley Woolsey has given us an outflow, uh, 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 an amen. So flow, flow, flow. This weekend at the New Wine Ministry Church, we're going to be laying hands because we're going to put to work and practice what God has called us to do. And we have such soaring faith in this word right now, this message. God is actually designing this whole thing. This is just the Holy Spirit doing this. This is not our own stuff, you know. This is God doing it. So get ready, and we're going to release, and we're going to expect miracles and healings and signs. We saw it with Pastor Ken Wagner, 75-year-old man, got set free like a, like a calf skipping out of the stall. Can't believe it, Patricia. You saw the same thing, didn't you? I did, and I also saw others. I saw Darlene get totally and completely whole. I saw Carla's husband get totally and completely whole on to death, and there will be another one coming forth very soon. We are receiving miracles because we believe. And not only do we believe, but we are developing character within our life. And the character is the fruit of the Holy Spirit that Jesus Christ himself walked in. And then we are being empowered by the Holy Spirit, which is the power to do exploits. You put that two combination together and you have it. You have the glory of Christ in you. No more a hope, but a reality. Amen. Amen. Pastor Patricia Joy Xavier, you're awesome. I love you. I'll see you in a few minutes. Anything else you'd like to share with the body? I loved it with you, too. Yeah. All right, baby. We'll see you in just a little bit. Let me take our next call coming out of 605-609-6618. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. Good morning. Well, good morning, sir. How are you? I am good. <clears throat> you were talking about the eclipse last night. Uh, the Lord woke me about 10 minutes to t uh, 3 in the morning. I ended up, I walked outside. The sky was perfectly clear. There was nothing in the sky that I could see at that time besides stars and a little bit of a round circle that looked like it was uh, behind clouds, but really it was the earth or the moon, and it, the earth was between the moon and the sun. And I thought, God, what a blessing. I ended up, I woke up at three, 
and I ended up, I watched it for roughly a half hour, um, even though it was cool. I was cool physically, but I thought that was the most coolest thing I've seen in a long time. Uh, God, you're wonderful, and I appreciate what you did by waking me at 3 o'clock to watch this. That's amazing, Ken. And you know what? You're pretty cool, too. I've known you for a long time, and you're a cool cat, man. I love you. God bless your heart, and thank you for sharing your story. Yeah, it was amazing to see that happen, and, and, you know, God just waking people up. And it was cold. Even here in Arkansas last night, I think we got down to 29 degrees, and um, we we need to see God quicken the pace right now. Supernatural, divine energy. We were at 24 degrees, and uh, it, it was good. So Kathy and I were both standing out in the front yard in our robes and that. And I mean, it was it was cool. And I, I appreciate the prayer that you brought out for Ken Wagner. And I am taking part of that for myself. Amen, brother. Be quickened. Father, in the name of Jesus, for Ken, your son in South Dakota, may the Holy Spirit flow all obstacles out of the way. Thank you for melting, dissolving, breaking, loosening. Everything that stands in the way, Father God, that you would quicken your son in his spirit, his mind, and his body in Jesus' name, that there will be a flow of divine life coming through him to do what you've asked him to do and what you've called him to do. Whatever that assignment is, Lord, we thank you for your life-giving spirit in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank God. (laughs) Amen, mostly. God bless you. Elder Ken, we love you, man. God bless your heart. Thank All you. right, Thank so, yeah, there we go. So we have just a few comments going out. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let us walk and continue to walk in his glory. Hallelujah. That is absolutely right. We may as well. What else is there to walk in? Frustration, offense, unforgiveness, pride, loss. I mean, what does that even measure up to? But when you're walking in the spirit, when we're walking in the glory, life goes on around us. Life goes on around us. And we are going to be in a place of God's glory and protection, like the children of Israel were in their Goshen, while God was destroying Egypt, and his government was being released to say and speak what's going to happen. And I'm telling you, this world is done. This world system is done. It was said 2,000 years ago, this is waxing old. Let's waxing old now like never before. And the decoration of this earth has got to change because the present decor of this earth is nasty. And anybody that's living in this world, remember, you have a spiritual connection to the kingdom of heaven. And remember, the kingdom of heaven is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. You can live in that. You can live in that. Go and change and find the lost sheep of Israel. Matthew chapter 10, he told the disciples who became the apostles in verse 2. He said, go to the lost sheep of Israel. Go find the brethren who are sick, busted, and disgusted, scattered and battered. Go find them and release life to them. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Release, release, release. You know what I think we need to do? We need to have another conference. We need to call the troops in. We need to 
call the body of Christ together, and we need to see God move out. Oh, all hell would shake over something like that, wouldn't it? You mean you're going to try to take these people that were zapping their energy from and give them life again? Okay. Yeah, you bet your britches, and that's how it's going to work. And the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. See, we're not here trying to save a particular nation in a governmental modus operandi, whatever it is. We're here for the human life. And all who turn to Jesus Christ and love the Lord and have been drawn by the Spirit of God and have faith in him, they are going to get this, which God has promised for the last days, to open the heaven and pour out a double portion. We have been speaking about the double portion at our ecclesia for a while now, and there is a double portion of God's Spirit that is ready to be poured forth in vessels that he is designing to be his government, to contain that anointing, to steward the anointing through sanctification and through governmental growth. It's happening. And we're going to talk more about it at the church this weekend. You should come. I don't care where you are. Come to come this weekend. I think we're going to have a glorious time. We'll see what the Lord will do. We'll see what the Lord will do. All right. Anybody else? And he calls. Oh, I got a call coming in right here. Look at this. Area code 479-321. You are on the air. Good morning. We are listening to you. Good morning. Good morning. Remember I talked about the quick and mortal flesh the other night? Yeah, I do remember that, Phil. Phil. Yeah. So maybe what you spoke, you're saying, is in alignment with what we're talking about today. Yeah, now you're talking about the quickening spirit. Amen. See what you see what you started? Yes. Yeah, Amen. Amen. Okay. Amen. Well, all right, Phil, we have a little time delay going on. You're right. You did. This is Phil. Phil, what are you, uh, 182? How old are you? How young are you? Phil's one of the one of our elders. He can't hear what I'm saying right now. So that, you know, I'm so glad that I, 182. He is a blessed elder, and he did the other night. He said to me, I don't, I forget what night it was, and he said, I think it was Wednesday night in the Osho. He, and Phil said something about quickening. Ah, quickening flesh, quickening flesh. And he wasn't talking about the flesh nature, but quickening mortal bodies. He did say it. Wow. Way to go, Phil. All right. That's it. I think that's it. I think that's it. Are we done? Comments all done? Phone calls all done? And by the way, to the caller yesterday that called me on my phone and told me, hey, get it right with your blog talk radio. I promise you, we're working on it so big. We need somebody to take this ministry, the technical part of it, and bring it into um, real fruition. Um, We, on this Friday, let me close out this way. We have so much potential sitting here. And the harvest is great, the laborers are few, right? We have such potential to take this ministry into into a higher place, a, a larger platform, there, we have ideas, but it's not getting done. It's just not getting done, and I don't have the technical skill to do it. And the friends that help me to a degree, they help to a degree, but we're just not getting it done. 
there's some advancement. The green screen is awesome. I think that's very helpful. Um, I, and I think there are, you know, it's today we had the blog talk working. Maybe it's just Brian and Kathy from Honduras where we're not getting their, their voice in there. So, and it all kind of, it's iffy. Maybe what we should do is find somebody that knows how to build a nice radio studio and let's get a studio with all the, 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 the most, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I just thank God for what's happening right now. I love the fact that God has given me an honor and a privilege to speak the words over the airwaves of that. And um, we're just going to leave all the results to him, every single one of them. So I think we're finished for the day. Pray. You know what I'm going to ask you to do? You pray for us that our equipment, our system will just be fine to bring us through to the very end of time. Get ready. We'll see you next week, Tuesday. This is Pastor Vince saying good night, shalom, and God bless you. Or good morning, God bless you.